This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree <laughs> on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergeff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Joining us is uh, Sean Bolson via the telephone. And Sean, well, it looks like we're going to have some actual Minnesota winter uh, coming up this weekend. The ice will start to thicken up. Uh, you have a nice place there on uh, Green Lake. Are you an ice fisherman as well? I am, but I will be a driver this weekend. Caden's uh, got a big big series back in the conference at home uh, uh, in Mankato. And so Bemidji State, St. Thomas, uh, Michigan Tech, and, and, and Minnesota State are all uh, within, oh, a handful of points. And so uh, anytime you do, you're in conference, which we are for the rest of the way, a huge series. So I'm going to be driving down, but yes, uh, I, I won't be ice fishing. It doesn't seem to be super safe. There was a little bit of yet, uh, that's for sure, yeah. ice on the lake, and then we got the snow, which kind of acts as a blanket at times, which doesn't really allow the ice to thicken up at a real safe you know, level. And so, I don't know, it's going to be pretty sketchy, and pretty soon you know it, the season's done. So I don't think there'll be much ice fishing this year. Uh, well, you know, that's how it goes. We aren't getting any ice on the lakes until January, uh, which has uh, certainly been unusual. While the Viking season came to a close, we figured it would. They were unbelievable long shots going into the to the last week. You know, I thought I thought Mullins played pretty decently. The guy really can chuck the ball down the field and, and hit his receivers, but, you know, it, it just wasn't good enough. They the season really ended when Cousins got injured. Uh, they were just trying to patch it together after that, and not making the playoffs. Not a surprise once you lose your starting QB. Right, and Mullins is a capable quarterback. If your guy gets dinged and he's out for two series or a second half, and the guy has to play a week and a half, yep, he's not a guy who can go six, seven weeks. You know, nope. right now, to be honest, the only one we're seeing, you know, Flacco, who let's not forget, I believe won, won a Super Bowl. Yep. He's a very good backup and, and called multiple teams throughout the year, of which all turned him down, and now he's leading uh, Cleveland into the playoffs. He's a very capable backup. Uh, the Browning kid from uh, Cincinnati, you know, he, he was decent, but as a whole, a backup quarterback to step in and lead a team to the playoffs, very rare because that's no. not their role. If it was their role, they'd be starters somewhere. So, yes, I do uh, – I'm glad the end of the season is here. You know, we're going to get the 11th pick. Uh, Looked at a lot of options. But uh, we're going to get somebody to help us uh, at the 11th pick. And uh, and then it's going to be, you know, these later rounds, Quasi and his team are going to have to draft well. And then we're going to have to see who we sign and who we don't re-sign because there's a lot of big namers out there that it's going to take some money to get. That's for sure. If they stay at 11, you know, no guarantee. Quasi has shown that he likes to trade around uh, with his draft picks as well. They, they've they traded down a, a couple of times. Uh, it's possible they could trade up. I read a, a report uh, this week that the Vikings offered uh, multiple first-round draft picks last year to move up and take Anthony Richardson, who wound up going to Indianapolis with the number four pick. Uh, the article I read said the Vikings offered you know, three first-rounders and a couple of seconds as well to move up from where they were last year, but that the team that traded the pick, and I can't recall who it was, um, they thought the Vikings would be a good team, so their first-round picks didn't have the same value as the other team that they made a trade with, which wound up being the Colts, and they make the playoffs. But uh, they they turned down the Vikings for basically the same package 
uh, that they were offered. So um, because of their first-round picks, they didn't feel had the same value. So it shows that they are willing to try that. I wonder if they'll right. do that this year. Yeah, I don't think we need to, to get wild because we do need multiple picks. I think we're going to get somebody really nice at, at 11. Obviously, the, the two places that I want to see us improve are quarterback and D-line. Mm-hmm. D-line is huge. Uh, depending how this run of quarterbacks goes in this draft, you know, we might be able to get somebody. You know, they were projecting it, you know, Penix and a couple others to go later rounds. Now, you know, some of those have jumped up on the boards. Um, you know, there's going to be some wide receivers taken in front of us, which is really good for us yep. because we don't need wide receivers. Nope. There's going to be some quarterbacks tag taken. You know, we could potentially get the top for the first or second top edge rusher and interior lineman on the defensive side at 11 because there's going to be a run of skill position before us. So mm-hmm. obviously if there's a quarterback that we're interested in at that spot, you know, I do think we, we can take that. But uh, I really would like to see us uh, improve on the D-line. I, I, I would like to see a quarterback in the first round, however they manage to do it, and then uh, worry about it after that. I, I'm, I'm, I want see, to see him take a shot at greatness, you know, and uh, that there might be somebody available at that 11 pick that can provide that. And if you wait and you get to 11, and it's Penix and McCarthy, uh, but you've already signed Kirk Cousins, I think that makes a difference here, whether they go QB in the first round or not, too, is how the contract goes with Cousins. If they re-sign him, it lessens the, the need maybe to take a quarterback in the first round. Maybe they don't then. But if they do, I don't think you should pair him with Penix because Penix is 24. Uh, he's older guy. Uh, and, you know, maybe they don't care, but I've heard some that do, and he's left-handed. So you go from your starter to your backup, and you have to switch uh, power sides on the field. It's different catching the ball for receivers as well. I'd be more J.J. McCarthy at that spot uh, as he's 20 years old right now, soon to be 21. He's younger. He's more athletic by far. You could even see that. Even though neither of them played, I thought, that great in the national championship game on Monday. But I'd be more of a McCarthy guy at that pick if you sign Cousins because McCarthy needs some development, whereas Penix, you want to get him playing right away. Well, this is why we have our radio show. That's I right. honestly, I couldn't disagree more. Good. Uh, McCarthy to me, what, 5 of 16 in the first? I mean, he's a whole. That's home. one game, though. You know, he didn't look I, good. I understand. Penix right, didn't look any good either, for, though. He threw for 300 yards one time this year. Not a McCarthy guy at all. Uh, yes, he had a good run. Penix can sling it and make throws all over the field. Can't he's move. Very athletic. No, doesn't he doesn't run as much. Not athletic. He, Oh, yes, he is. I I disagree. I watched him. Uh, I watched him five times this year. Hey, can I finish? Yeah, go ahead. He's in the pocket, (laughs) and he he can slide around, and his arm angles, he can sling it. So, I don't know. If if I'm going anywhere, I'm definitely going that. Now, McCarthy can run, but I don't think he's a good enough quarterback to be taken in the top 11 in the draft. If that was the case, and you're going to find Cousins, because uh, I do think you're going to get Cousins for two or three years, which is really exciting because yeah. I think he's going to play well. Yeah. At that point, you go with some you know, uh, big-time edge rusher, interior defensive lineman. When we look at these teams that are making it, uh, you know, San Francisco's making it, uh, you know, been very elite. They do not have an elite quarterback. Brock Purdy is a glorified, uh, you know, he just runs the system, doesn't do anything spectacular, but he doesn't do anything bad. But their defensive line uh, and, and and you know yeah. they're unbelievable. Yep. You look at at the Ravens. The Ravens have you know Lamar's probably the biggest weapon in the league. Yeah, 
Um, you know, he's tough to defend. And again, defensively, they're really good. So, like, like I said, I, you know, I don't know. I think we're going to have Cousins for a couple years. If we can find the right person to get in there, uh, you know, and, and learn under him, I'm all for that. But mm-hmm. if that person isn't there, you know, I, I'd really like to see the, uh, the D-line bolstered. I would too. Uh, and, you know, we'll see. That's, it's going to be a, a really exciting Vikings offseason because of the quarterback situation and some other needs and so forth. Uh, it is going to be exciting. Uh, I, I will stand on I'd take McCarthy over Penix. Uh, most yep. people are on your side. I love how Penix throws the ball. He's a terrific thrower of the ball, better than McCarthy. But McCarthy's been playing in a college offense. Uh, you know, it, it's been a run-first offense. I mean, even the game on Monday, they're running the football. I'm just reading yep. scouts saying that they like his athleticism, his toughness, his leadership. And yep. I'm really worried about Penix's injury history. He's had four seasons ended by major injuries. I, I don't think that's where I want to start with a guy who has a lengthy injury history from college coming into the NFL, and McCarthy's, McCarthy's never been hurt. So that's part of it for me, too. And I like right-handers better than left-handers. So, uh, yeah. but, but if they get Penix, I'll get on board fully behind him because the guy can really sling it. He's a terrific he thrower. Yep, yep. Hey, uh, what's going on with your wild, man? When are they going to turn this around a little bit? Man, they're they're struggling right now. You know, they've lost in regulation. You know, what five of seven, yeah. five of seven. And uh, I think Wallistead's going to get the call tonight. I haven't heard a okay. confirmed official, mm-hmm. but Gustafson obviously is down with injury. Flurry, you know, is who we we think he is. Uh, he's a, he's a very capable goalie, but he's not somebody at his age that's going to be in the pipes night in and night out. So uh, we have this heralded youngster who looks to be the wave of the future and i think we're all going to get to see him tonight against dallas so um that'll be interesting um and yeah we're just we're you know it's a bad combination we're giving up goals and we're not scoring goals it's a really tough combination to win (laughs) when you're giving up three four goals a game and you're scoring zero or one so um you know they're running into some of the issues we thought they might if they had a full team now being ravaged by injuries and having some of our top guys out makes it even tougher so Right now, the Wild are struggling uh, bad. And yeah. so hopefully we'll see, you know, if Walstead gets in tonight, uh, that would be really fun just to see how he reacts. And we've all heard about him for so long. So to see him uh, uh, in pipe tonight would be kind of fun. I'll be watching specifically for that. Was he a draft pick, Walstead? He was. As, uh, like a number of years ago? Oh, I don't know how many years ago. Because, okay. you know, they get him and then they, yeah. they, uh, they I, I would guess, Three, four years ago? Yeah, they keep playing in juniors after they draft them and stuff and in college. So, yeah, it is a little harder to remember when they draft guys to the NHL. There's not that many that are like Connor Bedard that get drafted out of the juniors and go straight to the NHL and start scoring goals uh, or McDavid or or some of the others that have been uh, spectacular top of the draft selections. Um, there's no draft lottery in the NHL, though, is there? No, and it's it, – well, yeah, there's a draft lottery. There is, okay. That's why Chicago actually got so lucky getting Bedard, but – um, you know, there's always a conspiracy theories. They wanted, uh, you know, there's a, there's a generational player, as you can see with, like, you know, McDavid, uh, Austin Matthews, uh, Bedard. You know, they come around once every three, four years, and I think it was a big deal for the uh, uh, him to go to a big-time market. And so, yeah, and you know, he's hurt now. And kind of fun, the um, family that Caden went and lived with in the city is one of my best buddies, Lance Petlick, his son. Mm-hmm. who was in uh, Pittsburgh, just got traded to Chicago and was up yesterday for his first game with Chicago and get to play there. And, 
and that's a team that's going to be you know exciting in the future when yeah. they build around Bedard. So uh, I did watch the uh, Chicago Edmonton game last night. Supposed to be fireworks everywhere, big time, high scoring game. It ended two to one. So uh, uh, always entertaining in hockey when you think you know what you're getting. Not necessarily happening, but you know they're. Uh, the, the waves of the future and these young stars, when you have a chance to get them, you get them and you really build around them. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Wallstead, first round pick in 21. Uh, so you're right, about three so, years ago. Yep. Three years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, 20th overall uh, selection in, in that draft out of Sweden. Uh, uh, it, you know, we got the big jump, uh, that bump, when they, when they changed coaches. Uh, and now Heinz has, uh, you know, it was the first time in a couple of years that they lost four straight in regulation, and that was under Heinz. And now five out of six in regulation. So uh, the uh, the bump is over. But as you referenced uh, right away when you started, they've just been so ravaged by injury. Uh, it's hard to put out four good lines when you're missing like six regulars. Uh, that makes it a lot tougher to do. It does make it tougher. And, and, and you know, right now, I mean, Winnipeg is the best team in the NHL. You know, and you look at these teams we're playing day in and day out. Uh, you know, the West, we're, we're playing, you don't get the cupcake games because there aren't a lot of cupcakes right now. And to be quite honest, when people look at it like we have Dallas again tonight, we might be the cupcake right now in the league. So uh, mm. we're struggling right now, and we're going to struggle the rest of the year. And, you know, like we had talked before, if we could hang on and be around 500, you know, that's great. But I don't really see us going anywhere with this team we have right now. Yeah. Um, you know, Heinz is kind of the old boys club. It was yep. the same thing. It's not much different than Everson. Uh, you know, you got a bit of a jump right away, but you kind of knew it would come back to the to the status quo because we just don't have – when you look at other teams' lineups and what they have, we don't have that right now, and well. we all know that we're handcuffed for two more years, and then we're going to probably have to continue to build through the draft, which isn't a horrible thing no. to get, you know, continue to, to collect assets – and then, uh, in not this year, but after next year, when we free up all the dough that everybody else can spend and we've acquired some assets, I think we can be a really good team. But this is kind of what we expect right now. Yeah. Uh, let's talk Timberwolves a little bit. They're having a whale of a year. They led wire to wire against Orlando last night on the road, and Orlando was 21-15 and 15 going into the game, so they've had plenty of success, and the Timberwolves just kind of toyed with them all night and on a night when Anthony Edwards is in foul trouble for much of the night and didn't have his normal type of game, but Towns was hitting three-pointers, and, and uh, Mike Conley is directing the offense like the sage veteran that he is. Uh, you know, the Timberwolves are a good-looking team. They're still of the best record in the Western Conference. Yeah, and that was big, too, coming off. You know, they lost their first back-to-back game. Yep. Uh, and, it, you know, you just, you know, in an 82-game season, that's going to happen. I mean, it, unless you're the, you know, the Bulls of the past when they went, what, 17-12 or yeah. whatever that ridiculous run was with Michael Jordan and Pippen and the boys, that's not who we are. That's not what we're going to nope. be. So you're going to lose back-to-back games. But to see you respond last night in a game like that where uh, it wasn't even really a game. I mean, they, they just they crushed them. They were, they were just on them right away, and they didn't change. And that was good to see that they can do that. Uh, and then you have different people stepping up. You know, yeah. Ant is in tr- foul trouble and Towns and Gobert. You know, I mean, it, it, it's impressive. Um, we do have different ways to, to uh, score and to win games. And, and when you have multiple options, that's always a great thing. 
And the defense has come to play most nights. They're still, I think, top three in defensive rating in the NBA. They might even still be uh, number one. I haven't looked in a couple of weeks here. But, um, you know, that's been the most impressive thing. And that's what they intended to happen when they brought Gobert in, the three-time defensive player of the year. It didn't happen last year. Injuries and, and some chemistry issues on the team that they've since straightened out. But this year... Man, you're you're you are going to have a tough time going into the lane on the Timberwolves. They really protect the rim. Yeah, the rim protection is key. And the thing is, is teams you know can get hot. And you know these are the world class, best athletes. You know, and the basketball athletes in the world that can shoot it from all over. But if you make a team shoot from deep versus being able to get to the rim, you're going to win a lot of games because yep. you know everybody getting to the rim uh, is something where you have more of a, a, a guaranteed outcome Mm -hmm. you have some nights where you're on fire from three and you might win by 30 but you're going to have a lot of nights where you're not on fire getting to the rim is that one consistent everybody wants to do and when you have that rim protector and you're just not giving up easy shots team defensively you're going to play really well because like i said you're gonna you're gonna you can't defend somebody getting to the rim and kicking it out for a three but you'd rather see teams do that and have to do that versus getting all the way and finishing right at the rim so um Having team defense in the paint as solid as the T Wolves had has have right now, that's a big time uh, uh, key to success uh, yeah. in team defense, which wins games. I hope Chris Finch gets some uh, consideration for Coach of the Year this year. Uh, this team has really improved so much. Look at what he. T- I mean, this was kind of a, a, an experiment that was put together by Tim Connolly, the president of basketball operations. It it hadn't been done in a while that two seven footers were paired together, and then you got another guy at the other forward that's six eleven in uh, McDaniel's. That hadn't been done uh, for a while. Everybody's gone small and speed and shooting over the last decade in the NBA because of some changes to rules and so forth. So. It, it's it took a little while for it to come together, but but Finch has finally got it figured out with them boys done a terrific job. Yeah, and let's not figure out last year this was an experiment went wrong. Yes. You know, it, it was talked about what a horrible trade it was and look at what it's done. And, and so he stuck to the pieces he had, he stuck to the plan he had, and I, you know, my biggest thing in this is somebody and i don't i'm not in the inside i don't know who it was Mm -hmm. but somebody got towns and said if you want to be a part of this we really want you and need you to be a part of it but you need to change how you are on the court Mm -hmm. you know somebody got to him because we've seen changes in towns which has to me helped the camaraderie of the team yep we've seen conley who I don't think throw-in is a correct word in that trade, but he wasn't a marquee piece of the trade. He has stepped up, and he is a huge piece of this team. Mm. He's a uh, grizzled veteran who just has a calming sense, who gets people where they need to be and delivers the ball in the right spot all the time. And then you've seen Gobert do what he does, and you've seen Edwards continue to grow. Right now we look at it and we think, Edwards is the one that probably needs to be reined in most of all of them because sometimes he gets a little uh, yep. a little shot happy and he just wants to take it over himself when he's got you know four unbelievable people around him. But yep. uh, the coaching staff as a whole, after uh, experiment went wrong last year, has done a great job putting this team together, getting them competing at the level they have. Yeah, I agree. Sean, thanks so much. Have a great day.
Thanks, Todd. Sean Bolson joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. We've got the Wolves and Celtics tonight for you at 6. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.